You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. For any period of time, uh, the longer you're saved, the more you hate yourself. Uh, you know, just this old flesh, I wish, I wish I didn't have to battle myself. You know, you grow, and as you're endeavoring to grow and get closer to the Lord, it doesn't seem like you see less that's wrong, you see more. You get closer to the light, and instead of, at first, it seems like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And isn't it amazing how you, you, as a new believer, you felt like everything was good, and then the closer and the, no, the more you know about the Lord, you start recognizing your weaknesses. You get closer to that light, a magnifying glass comes in, and all of a sudden you start seeing more dirt that you didn't know was there. They, they say that you should... Uh, be able to wash your, you could, there's some things that you can put on your hands or on your children's hands to show whether or not they really washed their hands. And you, uh, is it a black light that you use? I think it's a black light. And then all of a sudden you start seeing everything that they missed when they uh, washed their hands. But you know what? The Lord doesn't need a black light. And unfortunately, too often we feel like everything is good when in reality it's not. We feel like we're good Christians. But what makes us a good Christian? What is the measuring stick? Is it the measuring stick of where I started? Does that determine how good of a Christian I am? Is it a measuring stick of somebody sitting next to us? Well, ladies, if you are sitting next to a man, you've got a great measuring stick, and you're, you're well on your way to being a great Christian if you're going to measure by him. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, all of us, we are, we are in this life, and the measurement is not a person that's here, it is the Lord. We are to be comparing ourselves to truth. And so the plague of humanity, when you and I got saved, we were saved from the penalty of sin. Amen. The penalty of the sin, that, that debt that we owed, because we were sinners. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. For the wages of sin is death. And we find that there was a penalty, and when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, that sin debt, the penalty of that sin was paid for. Praise the Lord. The power that sin had over you was also broken. You and I, if we sin, it is a choice. Satan didn't make me do anything. My flesh, the lust of my flesh is what draws us aside. 
And so here as we are living this life, the penalty of our sin has been paid for. The power that sin has over us has been broken. But we're still in the presence of sin. And one day the Lord's going to take us out of here. And when that day happens, we'll no longer be in the presence of sin. And that will be a glorious day. No more in this flesh. Uh, Paul said, the things that I would, I do not. The things that I would not, that I do. Uh, There was a battle going on. Uh, All of the things that he was wanting to do that were good and right and just and holy and righteous, uh, those things he found himself not doing and the things that he didn't want to do, those are the things that he found himself doing. And if we take an honest look in the mirror, That's us as well. None of us have arrived. You see, there is a plague of humanity. And just our human nature, our sin nature, it drags us down all the time. And we're in a battle. And so tonight, uh, I want to speak to you tonight on spirituality versus spiritual. There's a difference. You know, we can have spirituality without being spiritual. And in this passage of Scripture, what we find is there were some individuals who were doing some things that appeared a spiritual event but they were not spiritual. And so tonight, I want to just sort of draw a circle around all of us, individually. Not the person in front of you. I don't want you thinking about anybody else. I want you to just think and draw a circle around yourself. And let's just ask the Lord to help us because we might appear to be spiritual and have spirituality without really being spiritual. And so we're going to look at those, those two words tonight, spirituality versus spiritual. And Father, we come before you, thankful for your goodness. Uh, Lord, we have come before you several times already in this service. And Lord, you, you said that your house should be called the house of prayer. And, and we're coming before you tonight because we're needy. You are God. You are the one that, uh, that is the only source of our hope. You're the only source of truth. And, and I pray that you would help us tonight and help me to be a help and a blessing to your people. Uh, the intent is not to injure or to, uh, to cause anybody to feel bad. I pray that you would help all of us. Uh, Lord, to take the truths that we look at tonight and these thoughts, and may they challenge us. Uh, May they reveal to us ourself. And Lord, if there are changes that need to be done, I pray that that would be the result. Uh, Your word is given. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. And I pray that we would see uh, each of these uh, exemplified tonight. So bless now, please, for Christ's sake. 
Amen. So here, when we look at this, uh, we see some individuals uh, that uh, uh, were here, and and when you see the Apostle Paul, uh, he had been there had been miracles done. People were bringing their handkerchiefs, they were bringing their aprons that he would just touch them, and they would take them back to other people who were sick and uh, and needy, and just them receiving it, they would be healed. That's pretty amazing. They say that Peter would walk down the street and the shadow of Peter casting across those that were, uh, were sick or lame, they would be healed. Uh, the apostles, there were some mighty gifts that were given to them, miracles that validated their apostleship. And the necessity of those great gifts uh, were because that God was giving them Scripture. There was a continuation of the revelation of God's Word. And for people to feel like and to believe that what they were receiving was revelation from God, God did many miracles through them to validate their apostleship. And so that is what is going on here. And with that, though, there were other people that decided they were going to do some things. So look with me at verse 13. It says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Now, when you look at this event, it looks like these guys are doing the work of God. If they were going to cast out demons in the name of Jesus who Paul preached, it would make you think that they were spiritual. But not only were they not spiritual, they were not even saved. These individuals that were casting out demons, uh, when you look at the scriptures, uh, you, you come across uh, Paul as he is uh, dealing with them. Uh, look with me back at verse number 17. And this was known uh, to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus, and great and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many believed, came and confessed and showed their deeds. Uh, many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together. So there were results that were coming uh, because of this. But these individuals here, they were doing a work that appeared to be a spiritual work, but these individuals were not proclaiming Christ. They were casting out devils in the power of the devil. And the result uh, was, was here that the, the uh, evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are ye? And, and the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And so uh, here when we look at uh, this event, what we find was that uh, the, the spirituality of these individuals, they were endeavoring to appear spiritual, uh, but they were not. Uh, and there's a difference 
uh, between being spiritual and having spirituality. And and, uh, so I want you to see several things tonight. First of all, I want you to see good actions do not make us spiritual. Good actions do not make us spiritual. You know, there are people that are lost that do not have the Spirit of God living within them that do good things. And if I was to look at this event, I would think that these people that were casting out demons were doing good. And so doing good actions, that does not make us spiritual. Belief in God does not make us spiritual. There are people all around the world that believe in God. But that does not make them spiritual. Just a belief that God exists. How many of you believe that God existed before you got saved? My hand's up. How many of you have prayed to God before you were saved? Now, my prayers that I remember praying was, Lord, if you're really there, help us win this baseball game. And I don't ever remember a time when I did not believe that God existed, but there was no, there was no spiritualness about me. Why? Because I was lost. And you cannot be spiritual unless the Spirit dwells within you. And we're going we're gonna to look at that. Uh, so good actions do not make us spiritual. Belief in God does not make us spiritual. Church and religious services do not make us spiritual. Pastor, I'm in church. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm watching online. Great. But that doesn't make us spiritual. It doesn't make us spiritual any more than putting Bible Baptist Church bumper sticker on our car. Or putting a verse on our car. Or putting in God I trust on our car. Those things don't make us spiritual. Listening to podcasts during the week and sermons during the week, they don't make us spiritual. Now, is that helpful? Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that we're spiritual. I listened to 10 messages this week. Wonderful. But that doesn't mean you're spiritual. That means that you took in information. That doesn't mean you did anything with it. How many of you enjoy preaching? I enjoy preaching. I can listen to preaching, but preaching doesn't necessarily make me more spiritual. What is going to make the difference is what I do with that. And so, so when we look at this, take your Bibles, go to 2 Timothy chapter number 
uh, 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm looking at a clock up there, and uh, we are in trouble. Uh, we're still right in the, in the introduction here, just laying some groundwork. Uh, but in this uh, chapter of Acts, uh, what we found was that uh, there were scribes, there were Pharisees, there were religious rulers. Uh, when we think about uh, doing uh, religious things and activities, uh, the Apostle Paul, who was called Saul before, he he was, he was the henchman for the Sanhedrin. He was, he was an individual who had been given religious liberty and power to persecute those who were Christians. See, the activity doesn't make us spiritual. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, let's look at verse number 1. And we're going to look at some things here. Uh, verse number 1 through 12. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, Fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as also theirs was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I had endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. What do we find here? We find in this passage that there are 19 different attributes that characterize the last days. These are characteristics or traits of things that you will see in the last days. And let me tell you, these things are evident everywhere we look. Everywhere we look. But not just outside the church. It's even inside the church. When you, when you look at what is going on, look at verse number 7 with me. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Bible said that they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You know, it's one thing to keep on learning, 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 but never doing anything with what we're learning. There's a problem there. And what is happening is we find that in our world today that we have, we have people who, are, who should be spiritual 
But we have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And what is that saying? It's saying that they appear or desire to be spiritual, but they do not have the spirit that makes them spiritual. Now, I'm not talking about losing salvation or not having salvation. You and I can be saved and not be spiritual. We're still in introduction, so go to Galatians chapter 5. We might actually get to a point, but I don't think so tonight. Um, so, uh, when we look at, uh, in Second Timothy, as you're turning there, Second Timothy 3, 5, it says, "...having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away." Uh, he's saying, listen, you have to make a conscious decision to decide who you are going to choose to be around. Those that are really godly, or those that just appear to be godly. He said, from such turn away. That means that we better have some spiritual perception, some discernment to know what is right and what is not. Is this good or is this not good? Am I spiritual enough to recognize this? And so, uh, so we see that. Now he says the term, a form of godliness. The word godliness is the word eusebia, and it means piety. It means devout, religious. It means appropriate about the beliefs of God. Godliness, appropriate about the beliefs of God. He said they have a form of godliness. So there is a form of the right views and beliefs about God. So it doesn't mean that they're a heretic. You know, heretics are the ones that are pretty easy to pick out. The ones that appear to be spiritual and have spirituality but are not spiritual, they're the ones that are hard to pick out. They're the the ones that it's not easy to decipher. He said a form of godliness. Uh, The word form there is the word morphous. It's the word we get metamorphous. And, and it is the act of fabricating something is what the word means. The act of acting and looking like there is godliness. You know what? We all do it. There are days when... Everything's good between us and the Savior. And there are days when we are a Pharisee. You know, you and I, in this day, in this time, we can't afford to not be real. There are enough that have a form of godliness. There are enough that 
can say the amens at the right time, can act the right way at the right time, but it's a form of godliness. And their actions refute and reveal that it's a fabrication. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What we really are will eventually come out. And here, when we look at this, the plague of humanity, we better be honest enough with ourselves to realize we're not as good as we think we are. And we're a lot worse than what we think we are. And we have a lot more of our flesh than we would try to uh, or to even want to recognize in our own life. So in uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, in verse 5, it says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Uh, and and uh, that is something that uh, we need to make sure that we are not allowing ourselves to be. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 to 15, the Bible says, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transformed, Forming themselves into the apostles of light. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. You see, if Satan can appear to be an angel of light, and his ministers can appear to be angels of light, we can put on a form of godliness. And we don't, don't necessarily have to be what we should be. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We, we'll finish laying the groundwork for next week. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want you to look with me at verse number 1. The Bible says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So he said in verse 1, he said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. So here we have spiritual now being set aside. And the apostle is writing to them, and he's writing and speaking to saved people. They were babes in Christ. So these were saved people, but they were not spiritual. They were carnal. They were walking according to their flesh. And the revelation of their actions revealed to Paul that they were carnal. You know what? Our carnal activities reveal to other people that we're carnal. It doesn't matter what, you, what we say. It doesn't matter what we post. It doesn't matter what we text out. We can text out and post some great things. But if we are living a carnal life and we are 
allowing carnality to come out, it doesn't matter how long we've been saved. It doesn't matter that we used to be spiritual. What's our condition right now? He said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Now, the word spiritual there is the word pneuma. All right, spirit, it comes from spirit, pneuma. It is the term given to the Holy Spirit of God. The breath, the power. We get the word pneumatic from that, pneuma, air, the pressure. And the Holy Spirit is the empowerer. Uh, and so uh, here, pneuma, uh, and the word spiritual is uh, pneumaticos, and it is having to do with the Spirit, uh, caused or filled with the Spirit or the divine, corresponding with the divine. And what he is saying is, I could not speak it unto you as unto spiritual, being led by the Spirit of God, empowered by the Spirit of God, controlled by the Spirit of God. I couldn't talk to you as spiritual because you were yet carnal and walk as men. And he said, when you're walking as men, he is talking about walking as the old nature, the sinful nature. And he gives some revelation of what was there. Uh, so uh, here, uh, the, uh, the revelation of that, uh, they were, uh, they were uh, walking uh, in the, the natural man. Uh, he, said, I could not, uh, he said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Uh, verse 3, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions. He said, are you not carnal and walk as men? These were, these were just a few of the identifiers. We can go to Galatians 5. We're not going to have time tonight. But you start looking through Galatians 5, and you will start seeing the lust of the flesh, and then you will start seeing the fruit of the Spirit. And what you will find is that if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The markers of the flesh, of the carnal life, are revealed in our actions. But at the same time, just not doing some of these things does not make us spiritual. The spiritual are the ones, and we'll deal with this next week, are the ones who the Spirit of God is working in them to bring about the fruits of the Spirit. You know, fruit doesn't show up overnight. You think about all the orchards and things that are around us. Think of all of the years of preparation of soil and nutrients and water and all that they have to do to finally get that fruit. And when it comes time for all the fruit harvest, everybody says, yeah, I think I'll be a farmer one day. 
We don't want to put in all the many hours and time that it takes to bring it about. But you know what? Being spiritual does not happen overnight. We can have a form of godliness. We can have some spirituality where people look at us and we have a form of godliness. We appear to be spiritual, but where's the fruit? You know, I think this world is dying for some people that really are real. The fruit. Not the fruit of us. Not the fruit of the church. It's the fruit of the Spirit of God. And as God is working, as the Spirit of God is working in, and we'll go through and I'll show you some verses about how the Spirit leads and how the Spirit matures and how the Spirit grows us. And as we start looking at that, what we'll find is that there is going to be a process of sanctification. And in that whole process of sanctification, there will be fruits that will start to show. But none of that is about us. It's all the work of the Holy Spirit of God because you and I cannot make ourselves spiritual. But we can, re- we can yield ourselves to the Spirit who dwells within us and allow Him to have control in our lives. Spirituality, we're spiritual. And I'm afraid there's a whole lot of spirituality in churches today. And I'm not talking just about ours. I'm talking about across the board. There's a lot of spirituality. But I wonder if the Apostle Paul came and was preaching here, and he, I wonder what he would say. I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Or would he be able to give us that meat? Would he be able to grow us and mature us? Or would we still be down here on pablum and milk and a bottle, some baby food? Spirituality versus spiritual. I don't want to have spirituality. I truly want to be spiritual. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. And as a church, I think that's what all of our hearts are. But if we're not careful, we can just get caught up in going through the motions. And there's no depth. There's no truth. There's no reality that's there. But it looks good. And so let's just stop. And look into our own lives and ask the Lord to help us see where we're at. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Uh, You know the uh, responses, Lord, that I've had just as I've studied this out. And and Lord, I pray that you'd continue to work in my heart and mind. And I pray that that would be the case in your own people right here. 
And Lord, may you help us, Lord, not to have a facade or a form of godliness. Help us to be godly. Help us, Lord, to be spiritual. Help us to be mature in our faith. And so I pray that you would just bless now. Give us that ability to to sense and to see where we're at. May the Spirit of God convict and draw us to to yourself and help us, Lord, uh, to to start making some uh, adaptations and some changes and some corrections in our own lives. So may you work, please, for Christ's sake. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.